Welcome to the campaign, folks. Now, I know, you just got done hearing me make a long introduction about the Basement Party Podcast. But I gotta give you these deets before we get into the campaign. So, the next few minutes, I'm gonna lay out some basic need-to-know details of this campaign. Not interested and want to hop right in? You know what to do. Go ahead and hit the fast-forward button on your device until you hear more than me talking. For those of you who like some pre-game info, keep listening. Continuing on, I really should call this campaign a quote-unquote teaser campaign because we started this campaign prior to the COVID pandemic when everything got shut down and people were still trying to figure out what the hell was going on with this coronavirus. We stopped the game. Little did we know we would not see each other face-to-face for a whole year. Our recording strategy was built on the idea we would play in person in the basement of one of my friends' home. Thank you, Alex and Kareem. You'll hear them later on in the game. But COVID shut all that down, and the result was us not finishing the entire campaign. I know, sucks. Fast forward to the end of 2021. Probably when you're hearing this, maybe a little bit later inside of 2022. I finally worked up the nerve to publish what we did do in the campaign. So, what you are about to experience over the next several episodes is the first part of our D&D game. As I said, think of it as a teaser for what to expect in the next campaign we will drop on the Basement Party podcast. There was so much great content and roleplay in this campaign, it would have been near sacrilege not to share it with you all. I wish we could have finished it, but after a year of pandemic and changes in each of our lives, we just didn't get the chance. But I promise you, the next campaign after this, you're getting the full shebang. Okay, with that out the way, other deets on this campaign. The RPG you're about to experience is from a Dungeons & Dragons adventure book named Waterdeep Dragon Heist. I know, I said that in the intro, but worth reiterating again. It takes place in a sprawling fantasy city named Waterdeep in the world of Forgotten Realms. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go look it up on Google. The quote-unquote heist part of the adventure title should clue you in on the theme of this campaign. The planned robbery of something quite extraordinary and mysterious in this gilded city named Waterdeep. Who's doing the stealing? Well, if I said any more, I'd have to kill you, right? Anyway, we follow the story of the adventure book, but I took some liberties and customized the content to fit the backstory of our players and some larger themes I wanted to explore. So if you happen to have played this book, expect the unexpected. The aesthetics of this adventure can be described as a mix of the movie... um, Ocean's Eleven, Chinatown, and the Italian job draped in a gritty high fantasy cosmopolitan metropolis. The city of Waterdeep is bustling with dangers and opportunities. The halls of government and the streets are awash with politics. The rest, you'll just have to listen to find out. Lastly, I want to thank my friends for playing in the game and supporting me in making this podcast possible. Alex. Kareem, Jason, Patrice, Sean, you are the heroes, not just in this game, 
people in real life for helping all of this become possible. Thank you, thank you, and thank you. You get to learn more about each of them along the way. Each episode after this one will have a very short introduction warning people they want to start at episode one if they want to easily understand this teaser of an adventure. All right, finally done with all that. Let's get started. And you know what? Welcome to the basement party. I don't want to mention brands, okay? Because they're not a sponsor today. Right. They're a sponsor for next week. Okay. There you go. Tonight it's Casper mattresses, the best mattress to absorb your cum. I like uh, I don't have to after, Sorry. The most comfortable pair of underwear I've ever worn. Oh, Brent, <laughs> Brent's like, man, I, we put on headphones, and we put we put microphones in front of these people, and they became monsters. Right, all they mean. talk about is like jizz and penises. And we're just like, and we're just like Critical Role. We're mature. <laughs> We critical Role is not. <laughs> critical Role is constantly talking about shows. So Game of Thrones ended. What? <gasps> Spoiler. Yeah. How did you know? Um, by the way, everybody, I want you guys to know. Did Luke Skywalker Snape kills win? Dumbledore? <laughs> How dare you? You know what my problem with Game of Thrones was? Ray is just mm. too much of a mercy. I've given up on Star Wars. I love Star Wars. I, I love the old Star Wars. And I loved the old universe. But then Disney came, or rather, George came back and was like, the force is just mitochondria, and er, or midichlorians, yeah, and everybody's in blood. <laughs> mitochondria. I mean, they all have that, the too. But, but, yeah, and then... Uh, the force flows through us all. Like, Liam Neeson was good, and Ewan McGregor was okay, but everybody else was awful in that movie. Yeah, I don't, I don't actually think side. it was their... Fault, like the Not actors. Sure. And it, it, well, I mean, they had like they were, it was, it, everything it was, was green screen. It was definitely directorial failure. Yeah, it's well, and Lucas wouldn't give them. They gave them. Did you do right? Everything's off the corner. You see how your corner's sticking out. Just, everything's like just falling apart right now. Well, don't sit on any of my chairs. Don't yeah. pull it, Jason. The world <laughs> hates you. Just DM. Just stand up to DM. I forgot you were wearing headphones. I was like, how do you hear me so well? Mm, check one, two. Can we all give a nice chocolatey mmm into the microphone? Mmm. Mm. I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, I'm ignoring you guys. Mm. Patrice. I'm above this. Stop. I'm right near ears. Stop. No, you can't Jason, hide from I'm not me. okay so with my this. Patrice. No, Jason. We're both here. Stop. We're here. Stop. I'm here. And we're right inside your ears. <laughs> There's a bunch of us. Like, but in a, in a cannibal way. All right. Yes, we'll have to have a shorter session because obviously this took, um, I thought I was prepared. Apparently not. But it's all gravy. Yeah, I want to say they're either. Solve our problem. I believe. I mean, I'm going to turn that up. I've been let down so many times before. It's really good. Yeah, it could be a little louder. Yeah, since we're out in the crowd. We're going to play like this. All right. Roll in this F. Hey. You're in the bar. We're going to be the only metal podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like background Skyrim. D- D- yep. D- DM Brent on the mic. Damn, son, where'd you find that? DJ, no sleep, bring it down. 
Hey. Oh, that's gone. That's good fun. old days. <laughs> okay. Got a lot of drinking done. Probably directly led to my health problems. <laughs> no boofing. Boof. Boof. No boofing. <laughs> all right, we all sound like, pretty good. I'll walk around the front. We all sound pretty good. I'm impressed. And don't you go good job, Brett. I'm impressed with you. Thank you. And Thank you. The scheduled start time was at three and a half hours ago. Jason, shut up. See, this is a shit I gotta deal with. I know, Jason. You did you so much. Was I show up? Brent, I, I, I did. And that. drink Yingling. I did that too, Brent. I just want to point out we're coming up on my union break. Um, <laughs> so right to work basement. <laughs> maybe he's a, look at your maybe face. he's a ventriloquist burp. Uh-huh, I don't know how to throw over cables. Your chair. Move around. Ooh. Jason, please stop. Yeah, I mean, watch out. Hey, at least I'm not sitting in it. <laughs> if you need to use another chair, I brought two. Oh, oh, so if you can, try to talk like close to the mic. I mean, I can hear you guys fine. Yeah. You guys should be able to hear each other fine. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So. Meow. Because if you talk way back here, it sounds like you're in a huge room. It, it sounds, sounds like, like you're in a basement. So like- oh. Oh. Who is smacking? Oh, don't. Oh. That's a no-go for some people who, who, who may be listening to this or going to listen to this as soon as they hear them. Like it, it makes me Off. angry. I have that disorder. When you hear people chewing, and it literally just sends me into a rage. Yes. Yeah. I'll go up with you. One final break. Oh, wait, you don't got it. One final break. <laughs> one final break. Everybody go pee, refill your drinks. We have seven <laughs> minutes until the scheduled start time. Uh, you know what? I mean, I this is nothing. just the way things go, you I know, with nothing. everything. If I had a team of, like, people to help me do this, this would be awesome. I've got a lot of brains. If all of you, like, just buy backups of all equipment I have. <laughs> <laughs> That would help immensely. All right. We're three hours behind schedule. All right. So what are we playing today? We were playing Waterdeep Dragon Heist. And the back of the book says, Famed explorer Volotamp Gadarum needs you to complete a simple quest. Thus begins a mad romp through the wards of Waterdeep as you uncover a villainous plot involving some of the city's most influential figures. A grand urban caper awaits you. Pitch your skill in bravado against villains the likes of which you've never faced before. And let the dragon hunt begin. Thank you, Wizards of the Coast. Thank you, Wizards. You guys are awesome. All right. After a year of planning and getting everybody's schedules together, we finally came together to do it. We did. And we are going to go ahead and get started. So, how should we begin this tale? I'm going to begin it this way because I've been trying to begin tales this way for a long time because I like birds. I like birds a lot. Birds are pretty dope. So, imagine this. There's a dove flying in the sky. He just left a tree as perch, and now he's high in the sky. It's a beautiful spring morning. Only a few clouds in the sky. The sun is just creeping up above the horizon. As the dove flies higher and higher, suddenly as our kind of cameras watching it, you can kind of see the landscape below this dove. You see rolling green fields, like a vertical kind of green ocean, just going in the wind. And on the landscape, you can see farmland, kind of geometric shapes, you know, squares, rectangles, triangles of different types of uh, crops being grown kind of dotted across the land as this bird flies. It moves as quick as it possibly can. Maybe another bird flies up next to it for a bit, and it gives it a wink. The bird flies and continues on, 
over this green ocean until suddenly this green ocean slams into a massive cliff face. This green grass kind of turns into um, some small foothills and then crashes up against this cliff face. And this cliff shoots up about 600 feet or so. Towards the south, this cliff kind of slants down and levels out into the rest of the terrain. And to the north, it kind of doves the same. This is over the span of maybe about eight miles or so. You realize this cliff reaches up and turns into a massive plateau. As the bird flies closer to this cliff, you're able to go ahead to distinguish at the top of the cliff face are massive walls that extend up about 60 feet high. Crammed inside of these walls, you see urban sprawl, red rooftops, cities all clustered together almost claustrophobically. You see spires, things that are maybe churches. The bird flies over the city, and then suddenly the kind of the sun maybe disappears or dims a bit as the bird flies and goes into the shadows of the looming, massive Mount Waterdeep. In this landscape, this bird is kind of flying, it's flying east to west. And then on the western side of the city is Mount Waterdeep. As the bird flies, it goes around kind of Mount Waterdeep and comes around the backside. And then you see that Mount Waterdeep kind of drops down into um, the trackless sea, a vast body of water and ocean that just extends off into the horizon on the western side of Mount Waterdeep. Waterdeep itself from this bird's vantage point, it's almost ovalish in shape. It is longer than it is kind of wide. The bird then suddenly zooms and kind of turns and begins to go southward over the city. You can see smoke trails coming from chimney tops. And as it flies, it kind of dips down, getting a little closer and closer and closer to the southern wall. As it flies close to the southern wall, you see a massive dirt road leading up the slant towards the plateau, towards the southern city wall. You see just a trail of carts, people, all lining up to go ahead and enter the gates of Waterdeep. The bird flies lower and lower and lower. And then the bird. A massive metal rod pierces its midsection, coming out its back. Blood splatters, and then it goes in a downward spiral. And then, thud, it lands on the ground, right in front of Falorn. Go ahead and introduce yourself. What are we looking at here? You find yourself, Valorn, standing amongst a bunch of people in line, looking to go ahead and get into the southern gates of Waterdeep. The line is pretty long, and you're about close to these 60-foot-high-or-so walls. A bunch of people around you talking. You hear um, just a cacophony of different languages. And you trip almost over this dove with this bolt that is sticking out of it. You suddenly hear a... Coming from behind you, you can hear a crossbow kind of reload. And then you hear footsteps pattering towards you. And you see two men, kind of dirty, maybe coal-smeared kind of cheeks, come up and they kind of push you out the way a bit. And then they pick up the dove. One says, excuse me. (laughs) That was a nice one, wasn't it, Charles? The other man is about maybe six foot tall or so, kind of gaunt looking. He has a deep five o'clock shadow. He nods at his friend who is short in stature and more stout. 
He goes, <laughs> yeah, man, that was a, uh, I guess that's one for the record, right? <laughs> yeah. Mm. I don't know. I think I'm going to go ahead and maybe I'll cut off its foot. Maybe go ahead and take a string or something, make a le- necklace out of it. Other one goes, no, man, you do that to rabbit's feet. You don't do that to, to doves. Suddenly you hear from behind them some people kind of pushing through the line in the crowd towards you. And you see stoutly men dressed in breastplates. You note that from the kind of shoulder and the arm area of the breastplates, you see that they have kind of striped orange and um, kind of a royal blue coming down to where their elbows are at. You see they wear helmets, steel, and they kind of have almost a tall oval shape, two of them. Both of them carry what looks to be like billy clubs with kind of metal plates at the end of it. They approach these two and one goes, hey, no shooting crossbows within city limits. You see the tall man looks at his short friend and goes, within city limits, man, we've been out here for about four hours waiting to go ahead and get in. The uh, man dressed in armor goes, so your idea of fun is to go ahead and shoot a crossbow? You know how many people you could have shot? The guy goes, I shot it up in the air. You see the two men dressed in armor kind of look at each other. You do that again, you won't be getting in the walls. They walk off. Describe yourself, Alarm. I don't know. Am I supposed to be my character right now? Yes. Oh. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't have face right. It's all right. <laughs> it's just us in this room. I don't I don't know to be like, ah, oh, I'm Patrice. My character's Florin. Florin's this and that. Sure. <laughs> There's no wrong way to do it. There's no wrong way. I feel better if someone's going to hit me. So I can observe. All right. You hear some footsteps behind you, Florin. You see it's your buddy that you've been traveling with for quite some time, coming from the south, from the peninsula of Chult. You see it's Celeste Silverwillow. Go ahead and describe yourself. Celeste looks like a high elf. You've known her. She's always had her perfect golden silvery hair at the same time. <laughs> Just perfectly put up. She's got fair skin, bright green eyes. You've always known herself to so always look very well put together. She approaches you. You're no longer strange looking to her. She goes, vile creature shooting doves for no reason. I respond back, Lauren, being a lone triton uh, in this new world known as the material plane. You know, shark, you know, gray shark skin, pinkish brown hair, sharp teeth. I look up at Celeste and I'm like, that's clearly not enough food for dinner. No, that was just for sports. Sports? Yes. Kill for sports? Some people do. I don't, and neither should you. Can't even eat that. Exactly. What waste. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And another portion of this line, we have a short fellow. Go ahead and describe yourself, Domino. Domino's a uh, rather dapperly dressed uh, gnome wearing a, a bowler cap. As he's standing, waiting in line for so long, he occasionally twiddles his handlebar mustache, fiddles with something in his pocket, never bringing it out, almost absentmindedly stroking something, or just hiding his hands in his pocket, constantly looks around. It's not his dick. (laughs) (laughs) Good good clarification. Good, people are wondering that. I guarantee it. That's uh, that's our first penis mention. I was being quiet. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he uh, 
he'll, he'll, he'll constantly look around, um, always sizing up everybody around him, taking note of where they hold their hands, if they have any pouches on their belts, where they might keep their money, and otherwise keeping to himself, not bothering any of the, uh, the much taller folk around him. Great. All right. As um, you recall, Domino, <clears throat> you had a bit of trouble back in your last destination, or your last home, excuse me, a place called Baldur's Gate. And maybe you're looking for um, a lot more calm and um, subdued experience in Waterdeep. Let's keep going here. All right. Our lizard folk friend, Kothar, you're standing in line. Describe yourself. What are you doing? You've been waiting for about three hours or so. Oh shit, three hours? Yes. Oh god. Um, well, I guess behind the little short one playing in his pocket, um, behind him stands. You're pretty certain it's not his dick. Oh, okay. <laughs> I know he mentioned it, but I just wanted to make sure. So, okay, well, in that case. Um, so behind him's green lizard folk. Usually you'd probably expect them to be a little bit more clothed. For him, he's actually very light on clothing. Carries a mace around with him. Has nice orange, reddish frills coming off the top of his head. I guess after three hours, he's probably just standing there really, really pissed off, hissing at everything. Fantastic. A bit further in the back of the line here, we have another individual. Taruk. Go ahead and describe yourself. So, Taruk has been waiting for a while. Um, or Taruk. You know, it's it's a Taruk. it's a it's a regional dialect thing, uh, but he's been waiting for a while, and uh, like any good mercenary, he's he's been amusing himself, kind of shuffling some cards, and whatnot. Um, just he saw a little bit of it, a little bit of a hullabaloo with some some dopes shooting doves, but yeah, he's a he's a goblin. He's about four foot three. He's pretty beefy for a goblin. Uh, he's got a long sword strapped to his back and uh, chain armor, and yeah, he's used to this. He's used to waiting. He's fine. Fantastic. All of you wait a bit longer, maybe another couple hours or so, and slowly the line gets closer and closer to the massive looming walls. You see the massive walls leading into water deep. Um, there is a large open gate. The road itself is about sixty feet wide. You see most of the carts are being funneled in this direction into the city. You see on the sides of the massive gate, there's other smaller gates. As you're listening, you hear people refer to these as kind of the foot gates, where pedestrian traffic, those without carts and whatnot, are actually being funneled into the city. You guys go ahead and go off in one direction into um, one of these foot gates. And um, as you do, um, you see you're kind of entering inside the wall itself. These walls are quite thick. They're about 25, maybe 30 feet or so thick. And inside of the tunnel, you see at the very far end, there's a massive grade or a massive, what looks to be like kind of particleless bars with sections open in them. And you see people are going up to what looks to be stalls embedded inside of the castle walls. You see that um, there is kind of like an open window and you see people are going up to this window. They look to be talking to someone behind a desk inside of these walls. After they get done talking, you see they then go to the Iron Gate where you see there's these uh, men dressed in armor, once again, waiting. They show them some document, then they're let inside beyond the bars into the city of Waterdeep. Each of you go up to one of these stalls. Let's go ahead and start with Kothar. 
you're kind of walking inside of this um, kind of, you know, the interior of these walls, and it's kind of hollow. You know, you can go ahead and hear people's voices echoing throughout. And you come up to one of these um, stalls or one of these windowed areas. And you see um, a very bored-looking human female. You see that she has a stack of papers next to her. And you see that she has what looks to be a pen. She doesn't even look up at you. She goes, name? Kothar Vith. Race? Lizard folk. Age? 30. Do you practice arcane magic? Yes. She looks at you for a moment. But she looks up? Yeah. Then she looks down. She begins scribbling. Would you like to join the Watchful Order of Magists and Protectors? Members of the Watchful Order are expected to render service to the city when called upon. Acting as temporary members of the City Watch or City Guard, you also vow to refrain from using your abilities in ways that will be detrimental to the citizens and properties of Waterdeep and be vigilant of those who violate this edict. Yes or no? Do I have to say yes to enter? Yes or no? No. No to the joining. Yes, I will not use my magic inside the city. All right. Domino. You are at a stall. And um, you note that um, they did not consider your height in building these stalls in this area here. Um, I guess maybe you have to stand back a little bit and look up in order to um, see this person. You see it's a bored-looking half-elf male. He asks you the same questions. One question that maybe perks your interest is... Are you wanted for any crimes on the Sword Coast? No. Imagine that. Hey, Lucy. You see the girl in the next stall looks over to him. We have another one. Someone who's committed no crimes at all. Huh. Amazing. Such good citizens. I'm a wonderful citizen. I bet. Mm. Anyway. See scribbles. Grabs a few pieces of paper. Then you see the man reaches outside of the stall and seems to kind of want to hand you like a brochure of some sort. Reach up and take it. You go ahead and grab it. Do you open it? Yes. You see this document. It looks to be a a short list of bylaws of the city of Waterdeep. As you're reading it, it goes, All right. I'm pretty sure you read all of that, but you've never committed any crimes, correct? So, (laughs) why would you start doing so now? But I need you to go ahead and sign this, sir. You see another paper kind of get stuck in front of your face. Take it and... Gives you a pen. Take the pen. In a beautiful scrolling script, I type, I sign X. You see he grabs a piece of paper off the counter, and he begins reading something from it. Please write your name, please write your signature here that you've been given the laws of the City of Splendors. Further inquiry into specific law can be found in the Halls of Justice, and the Council Order signature or stamp indicates that ignorance is no longer a shield for violation of the laws of the city. Thank you. Snatch it to paper from your hand. Celeste. You go through the same procedure, but you're from this city here. But you know how it goes. You wait in line, and you come, and you see that there's an orc behind the counter. This guy has kind of gold-rimmed glasses and a little bit of hair that kind of remains on his head. It's kind of slicked to the right. He goes, are you a citizen of Waterdeep? Yes. Good. Please provide your address here. Gives you a piece of paper and a pen. Fill it out my perfect penmanship. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. All of you go through the same procedure. Taruk, or Taruk, excuse me. I'm going to butcher that. That's all right. I, butcher that? I, I mean, I've been called a lot of bad things in my life. 
people don't like, you know. You get the gamut of questions. Do you do anything differently? No, I, I, I'll put my hood down. I'm very respectful, and I, I, I speak in a measured voice the whole time. Um, as my hood comes down, you can see that my ears have been mangled a bit, cut down from regular kind of floppy goblin ears. I look the part of a person who's been a mercenary for 22 years. But yeah, nothing. I've been to Waterdeep before, and I, I, I get how it goes. It's all right. Fantastic. Um, you go ahead and write down the paperwork and whatnot. Um, when you're asked if um, you're a citizen and um, you state no, the person behind the counter, a human male, once again bored, goes, you're considered a visitor until you can provide proof of citizenship. Within a 10-day, you must return to the north, south, east gates, the harbor, or the city court and provide a full account of your stay or apply for citizenship. Thank you very much, sir. You have a beautiful spring day. You, you as well, sir. I appreciate your time and your consideration. Thank you. Next, all of you move into the city walls of Waterdeep. Um, you guys line up and you guys come up to where I said there's this kind of porticless, these bars that is blocking the entranceway into the city proper. Um, you guys just show your papers, which you were given, indicating that you had been through to go ahead and register, and you enter into the city of Waterdeep. All right, enough of that. <laughs> I like the like the <laughs> So, as you guys come into um, the city of Waterdeep, let's see what we can go ahead and switch to now. All of you are given a golden ticket, by the way, too. It's the color of the sun. I look at the ticket, and I look up at the sky, and I, I try to match. It's, like, so, it's kind so of small. Mm-hmm. small. A small sun in my hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, does it say where we have to be for the drawing? It says that right inside the front, uh, the front gates there, there'll be a drawing, and you see a huge congregation. Oh, is it almost time? It looks like it is almost time. You see that um, there's a bunch of people milling about, and everybody's waiting near what looks to be um, kind of um, a small curb in a street that goes um, from east to west in front of you. You see lined up on this street here a bunch of dray, what looks to be double-decker buses. You see that each one of these buses um, has um, four, horse, four horses in uh, two rows in front of them. People are beginning to get excited as, a, as time approaches for the drawing of this golden ticket. Definitely a bigger city than the one we ran in Cholton. <clears throat> Definitely. I stick close to you because I've never been in a city this big. I told you. I told you there was a lot here. I'm eyeing everything. So, in the large city of Waterdeep, everybody, all you guys put yourselves on the map. <laughs> Random places. You guys are down here. At the entrance of the southern gate. Forlorn, as you um, come inside the city gates and you look around, something interesting happens. Something around your neck begins to tug a bit. It feels warm. It's familiar. It's the item which you found quite long ago back in the oceans of the trackless sea. Or the waters of the trackless sea. I grasp my hand around it. And the item in question being a blue diamond. Mm-hmm. You take it out and you look at it, and it seems to be tugging a bit to the west, almost a little bit back the way you came, uh, a bit diagonally, and um, this is the first time you've experienced um, this since you found this item and since you took your vows. As I'm walking close to Celeste, I tug on her shoulder, and I say, Celeste, hmm. my necklace. 
It's very beautiful. It's pulling me this way. It's pulling you. Have, you. you have to come. You have to just come with me. I'll entertain this. Sure, let's go. Drag her along in the direction that my necklace wants me to go. Will do. But put it away. Don't don't wear it out. There's too many cutthroats here. It's from my people. Put it away. They have to... Hide it in your shirt. Somebody will snatch it if you leave it on the open. I unhook my necklace. <gasps> You're just asking for somebody to take it. Look at her and put it in my pocket. There you go. And I growl a bit under my breath. Mm, so pretty. As you're about to go ahead and move, you suddenly hear a bunch of screaming and shouting. It sounds like a crowd or an angry mob of some sort almost. You see off to your right, up against kind of the walls where the main entrance is and all the carts and whatnot are coming in, you see a group of people. You see they're all around an individual that seems to be standing on maybe some um, pallets or maybe a crate of some sort. You see this man is bald. You note that he looks to be maybe in his late 20s, uh, maybe early 30s or so. He has a scowl on his face. You see that he has... um kind of shadows under his eyes and um he looks angry upset frustrated you see he shouts to the crowd that's right everybody come 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 closer listen to me they take your daughters your sons your fathers your mothers all of them and where do they send them they send them to the south to the jungles of chult to die Looking for some, what, some, some death curse? Why? So all the aristocrats can go ahead and live longer? Live forever? While we slave away? You see the crowd kind of nods and, and some of them clap and maybe agree. That's right. We do it all for them and we get nothing in return. Confined to the dock wards or even worse, all the way north in the field ward in the slums. We want to be led by no one, right? The crowd goes ahead and claps and cheers and echoes back, no one. That's right. We want to be led by no one, no one at all. No aristocrats going ahead and recruiting us for cheap gold to go ahead and solve their problems. We want to be free. I don't care what Laurel Silverhand says. We are not free here at this moment. You see really quickly pull up kind of a paddy wagon. You see these men dressed in um, army and I'm sorry, dressed in um, what looks to be that silver breastplate and that kind of orangish bluish kind of flowing um, sleeves and helmets hop out. You see they have sticks with them. You see they approach this man. You see the crowd begin to go ahead and uh, part for them. He goes, hey, get down from there now. He goes, ha ha ha. See, the aristocrats, they send the dogs. They send the sticks after me because I'm telling the truth. I'm telling the truth. You see these four men rush up to this guy. They go ahead and grab him and they drag him off from his pedestal and begin moving him towards the paddy wagon. He, he shouts, be led by no one. Spread the word. Spread the word. Ask your fellow. You see, they grab him and they lift him up and hoist him into the back of this wagon. You hear him say, the death curse was an inside job. And then they shut the wagon doors. <laughs> you see, these four men look at the crowd and the crowd kind of looks around a bit disturbed at 
the whole incident. No, I just give him a thumbs up. I go with dumb. All right. All of you. Go about your day. Nothing to see here. You see the crowd begin to go ahead and disperse. At this moment, some more energy seems to be coming off from your west. You see people begin to scream a bit more. You see a crowd kind of formed around um, what looks to be some individual. But this individual is a bit short. You really can't see who they are. But you do see that in the center of this separate crowd, there's a tall half-orc. Her skin is lavender color. She has black hair that goes down to about her shoulders. You see that um, she has on what looks to be some um, black um, leather armor, charcoal colored. And she's pushing the crowd. She goes, back, back. All of you back, you damn dogs. And she's like pushing the crowd away from whoever this person is in the center. You see this mob follows this person almost in a donut shape over to one of the drays. And then the short figure kind of hoists himself up on the back of the dray where there's a kind of metal platform and a staircase that winds up to the top deck of the double-decker bus. You see a man dressed in royal garb in a green beret. He has a huge bushy beard. He looks very similar in my mind to, um, what's his name? Zach Galifianakis or whatever his name is. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, shout out to him. You see that um, he has a cool confidence in his eyes as he looks over the crowd that's streaming at him, holding up these golden tickets. You see that he raises both of his hands as in to go ahead and calm down the crowd, and they become silent. All right, all right, all right, everybody. Everybody. Thank you. I love you almost as much as you love me. <laughs> Great. You see the orc comes up and kind of stands in front just below the dray where he's standing with her arms folded. All right. Well, I think it's time for the drawing. I am your celebrity, Volo. Everybody knows me here and no other introductions needed, I believe. And it's time for the month of chess dray ride through the city of Waterdeep. You hear a few claps. Yes, 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 yes. I guess all of you just wanted the autographs, huh? All right. Anyway, now, Watch while astonishments happen. You see he begins to verbalize some arcane verbiage and um, do some hand symbols in the air. And he goes, two plus two equals six. And then suddenly you guys feel uh, vibrating in your pocket or maybe in your hand if you're still holding this golden ticket. It flies out of your hand up into the sky. You see it folds itself into what looks to be a small paper bird and then flies its way over to Volo, who's standing on this dray. You see above you, some fireworks begin to go ahead and burst to and fro. This is too much. <laughs> you see the crowd kind of looks in your directions and kind of parts away towards the dray. You see Volo collects the tickets and looks at each one of you. Fantastic! Mm. Come on board! It's a free ride. Lauren, would you like to see the setting? Yes. Then let's go. I follow Celeste eagerly. <laughs> Great. All right. I push my way up. I won fair and square. I didn't cheat nothing. <laughs> oh, no. That's who you have to hide your necklace from. Uh, excuse me, sir. Does this go towards the castle of sea wards? Yes. We're going to visit every single ward of this city. Well, all right. I'll... That sounds like a good idea. Come on, my um goblin friend. Everybody. Standing up there with the rest of them, was like, I got first place. Oh, I, okay. I was the first winner. You all saw it. Oh, yeah, I mean, I believe you. I didn't see it, but that's, that's fair. I didn't see. What place did I get, did you say? 
It, it doesn't matter. I'm first, though. What did you win for being first? What does it matter? I don't know yet, but I got first place. Maybe he I got the best, the best, the best winner. Maybe he gets to choose. Bolo to just shakes his head and urges all of you to get onto the to the bus. I get on the bus, <laughs> but they were first on the bus, so that means you're not first. They were. You're third. No, no, no. I'm. I, I get my first choice of seats. If if I choose that seat, they have to get up because <laughs> I was the first one, to, first winner. But this is their bus. Why would you take their? Because I could choose it because I was the first place winner. Well, if you want, you could also be first off the bus. That's that's also what I win. Well, I win many things win. for being the first place winner. Oh, so if you get off the bus now, then you'll be first. I could. Or I could wait for the bus to stop later and get off first before everybody else. But it stopped now. Why would you want to stop it later? Because it hasn't gone nowhere. That's your problem. It's not a problem. I can sit in this cushy seat right here. Okay, okay, whatever. Go sit. <laughs> All right. As you guys... Go ahead and come up to this dray and get inside. You see the following. You see that the back of this dray um, has an iron grate platform. And um, you see that once you step onto it, it leads to some narrow saloon doors that lead into the interior. You see that there's a short flight of stairs on the exterior that wraps up around to the top deck. When you come inside um, of the bottom deck, you see that it's pretty simple. There's no plush seating or anything to that effect. You see that there is just some wooden benches bolted to the ground, lining the side and the far wall. You see the space is about maybe 10 feet wide, about 30 feet deep. You see that there is some slim kind of glassless arch windows along the lengths of the wall. As you guys come inside and you see Volo and this um, tall half-orc, come inside immediately behind them what looks to be like um, a fare taker hops onto the back grade and stands outside of the actual bus you see this guy has kind of a grayish hat on and he has a kind of a really basic uniform with the colors of water deep kind of a royal purple as you guys sit down you look around this dray you see that the walls have been kind of uh painted a brown wooden color and as you look closely you realize that it was painted to cover up an immense amount of graffiti that's been carved into the walls over the years you um look over the walls and you see items such as um long live the cult of the dragon laurel silver hat and the lords can sucks my foot long then it's kind of scratched out at the end of it only two times (laughs) <laughs> is that the limit to stay PG-13? <laughs> I think we're past it already. I think we're, I think the, yeah. You see another one that says, for good time, meet me in Blue Alley at midnight. You see a happy face drawn next to it. You see somewhere else written, Chult does it better. Whatever that means. You see another one that says, a good stick is a dead stick. And then you see one kind of written, maybe on the bench next to you, Florina says, Southern Ward Pride. All of you take a seat. On the sides here, and Volo goes to the very back of the dray, and there is some benches on the far back end. You see that the half-orc goes and takes kind of a slouching seat onto the bench behind him. You see that she kind of slouches a bit, and she looks bored, bored to tears. You see she takes out a dagger from her side, and you see she begins kind of cleaning her fingernails, and she looks at each one of you, kind of sizing you up, but she just goes back to cleaning her nails and doing her own thing, deep in her own thoughts. You see Volo looks at all of you and goes, all right. <laughs> so, um, uh, 
Oh, no, no, nothing to say? Oh, okay. <laughs> Usually uh, I get, um, you know, so good to meet you. Uh, first time. Um, have any of you, you know who I am? No. I raise my hand. Are, are you the no one they speak of? She, no. she understands my language. You called us dogs, but I am not a dog. I am a lizard. What do you mean? The half-orc looks up and says, I didn't call you dogs. I called all the people who was trying to go ahead and get my job and looks over at Bolo. Dogs. But they're people. They're not dogs. Ah, I see what you do. Bolo says, I see we have some people who are definitely haven't been in the city for quite some time. I think um, Yagor here was saying that um, they were coming at me like dogs. It's my security. That makes sense. Are you allergic to dogs? No, I'm not allergic to dogs. My uh, Triton friend, I believe, right? I wrote a book. It's called uh, Volo's Guide to Monsters. Anybody here? Mm-hmm. No? It was wonderful, Reed. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. All right. We have some... No? I've never no. read it. No. Oh, well. did it. Did it provide tactical insight? Um, yes. I would say so. I will attempt to secure a copy. Oh, uh, yes, you can find them in all major stores. Um, if you go ahead and find one, you maybe can go ahead and find me at a place called the Yawning Portal. And I, maybe I'll go ahead and sign it for you. Oh, if you um, see any information in there about goblins, which you... <laughs> the goblin you may... race is despicable. Oh. finds themselves wallowing in mud. Well, uh, never mind. <laughs> it looks like that's all settled. Anyway, you see Volo beats on the back wall for a second and then the dray begins to pull away into traffic of the city of Waterdeep. You look around out the windows and you see that tall buildings loom all around you. Each one of them easily about three to maybe five stories high. You see that there's um, narrow cramped alleys kind of divide these buildings and there's a haze of dirt and grime that kind of blocks your visibility beyond maybe 60 feet or so. People cross across the streets, I mean at all, in all directions. There doesn't seem to be any kind of rhyme or reason. People just occupy the roads along with other carts and other horses. You can um, smell all different types of things here in the city here. Maybe particularly you um, um, Kothar, things from fresh cooked bread to animal dung to maybe perfume to cigar and other pl- placeable smells. Languages has come at you at all angles, and you see small page boys on the sides of the streets with large ledgers going ahead and hawking them. You, knowing Celeste, know that this is probably one of those broad sheets in which she told you maybe she worked at. Volo begins going into um, a short history of um, the city of Waterdeep. Um, he drones on in very dramatic fashion. He talks about a place called, um, this was once called Nemours Hold. And um, Nemours Hold had some massive walls, the first walls of Waterdeep. He goes on to explain how at one point um, there was this uh, the first lord or open lord of Waterdeep being um, Ageron, I believe, if you pronounce his name. Going ahead and uniting all the different kind of fiefdoms um, on the plateau of Waterdeep and to fight these trolls that were coming in from the north in something called the Troll Wars. Troll Wars. After that, um, Ageron went ahead and eventually became um, leader of Nemours Hold of Waters Deep. And um, he united all the other different fiefdoms together. And from there, that generated the city of Waterdeep. He drones on and on and on until... Something interesting happens. You hear at the back of the Drea. You see three men. Look like maybe they ran and hopped and onto the Drea as if it was moving. Burst into the saloon doors and they walk in with swagger. 
You see they all look around. You notice that they're all dressed in what looks to be regular city garb of sorts, but they all have kind of leather jerkins or um, leather armor vests on. You see one is bald. It's kind of a protruding nose. And you note that he has a massive purple tattoo on the top of his head. You see that he has this tattoo as like a center of it. It looks like it's an eyeball. You see he looks around. And you see his eyes lock with this half-orc, Yagra, sitting in the back of the tray. You see Volo stops going on talking about the city of Waterdeep. He goes, um, excuse me, good sir. Um, <laughs> this is um, a, a, a special contest, and um, I don't believe you have a golden ticket. This man immediately interrupts. I have a golden ticket, and me and my boys have a golden ticket. I think you just forgot to go ahead and call on us. Volo's eyes go wide. He looks behind him at Yagra. Yagra doesn't get up. She just stares this man down. Well, um, okay, um, then, um, fantastic. I guess maybe you're right. I forgot to go ahead and call you gentlemen on here. I must say, it's been a long, busy day. The other guy goes, "Mm -hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You see... They all go ahead and walk over and sit on benches and kind of spread out. Take as much space as possible. You notice this man with the tattoo on the top of his head going ahead is just continuously stares at Yagra. Do any of you do anything? I recognize them at all. Anything I might have heard from any of my sources or anything? Do I have any indication of what they're doing? Or who they might be or who they might be from? You haven't seen these individuals. You're not sure um, who they are. They look like some street hoolums, that's Never for certain. Never heard of the tattoo at all? Um, Rome, I would say that you, working in the industry you work in, you notice that tattoo. It looks like um, a, a gang tattoo of sorts that indicates that an uh, individual is a member of a notorious gang called the Xanathar's Guild. I, I lean over to Lauren saying, we might have trouble. Just be ready. I so like trouble. No, not good trouble, sweetheart. Be ready. Mr. Volo, do you want to continue the tour then? You were just saying about <laughs> that building over there, but we've passed it a while oh, ago now. Uh, yes, um... Sure. Um, so, uh... Yeah. <laughs> yes, um... If you look outside and you notice that he points and off in the distance, you see that there's these massive titanic statues in the city of Waterdeep. He points at one in particular and goes, that, my friends, is the Honorable Knight. Facing eastward, looking off across the realms, one of the many walking, or used to be walking, statues to the city of Waterdeep. In times of trouble, that statue has came alive and defended Waterdeep. And at one point, from what I understand, also attacked it. But that's a whole nother matter. Anyway, now it's been steady there for, I want to say, a century, maybe 50 years or something to that effect. And all types of buildings have cropped up around its feet. There are other statues spread out across the city of Waterdeep, which you can visit. Some of them are hollow and some of them live inside. It's um, a very fantastic um, thing you should go ahead and visit. I'll definitely pull out um, some parchment and start scribbling down physical descriptions of who boarded with us. Right. I'll skew Jova on the bench so as to make room for the newcomers. Are they openly wearing any weapons? You look at these guys and it seems like they are. You see that they have um, what looks to be some short 
swords and scarabs at their side. You know that two, one of them has like his sword kind of tucked in his pants sleeve as if he was trying to hide it, per se. But it's not doing a really good job. Dangerous. You could stab yourself in your twigs and berries. He looks at you and goes, Mind your own fucking business. Oh, that's rude. That's unnecessary. I'm cold. His brother goes, <laughs> and laughs, ironically. You also note that on the other side, they have what looks to be kind of short, cur- uh, light crossbows with them. You notice that the man that um has a tattoo on his head, and his, like I said, his eyes never leave Yagra. They keep, you know, jotting down how these guys look. And- yeah, you see the guy um here that is um, sitting down. You see from out of his pocket, he takes out a kind of a half rotten apple and um you know saying he just casually goes ahead and bites into it that's his thing eating half rotten apple yes you want to ask him about it no <laughs> my mouth waters a little bit i i restrain myself it's not polite to ask people for their food for their half rotten apples yeah it's one of my favorite snacks when i was a young goblin it brings back terrible memories of home <laughs> He eats really fast. He does. Probably his teeth are good enough to stand apple. Must be good at swallowing, too, if he can take that many bites. So outside of the um, actual Dre itself on the front end, as you can see here on a map, of what you're looking at is the actual driver. And uh, obviously the horses are above, and below is the um, fair taker who is still outside. He just let them all in. He's like, yeah, no. You got a golden ticket. You, I mean, you said you do. I don't need to see it. Now everyone is <laughs> Volo <clears throat> continues to his story a bit, and he goes, <laughs> Also, I want to go ahead and mention to all of you that um, <laughs> Waterdeep is one of the safest cities in the realms. I mean, um, it has a very robust um, city watch, which... Um, at any time, can go ahead and arrive and uh, deliver any of you from um, any um, perceived or, you know, maybe imagined uh, trouble. <laughs> you hear the individual with the tattoo goes, Shut the hell up and take a seat. Done with you. You see, he stands up, looks at Yager, he goes, Now, all of you, don't worry. We're not here for you. You stay in your damn seats. You'll be able to leave, maybe without your coin purses, maybe a little less dignity. But we're here for this wench. Looks across the dray, straight at Yagra. So you like killing our mates, eh? So Yagra kind of sits up a bit. She goes, I personally kill anyone. But yeah, I probably would. Goes, <laughs> well, we're here to go ahead and teach you a lesson. That's right, we tracked you down. You don't go ahead and kill any of the Xanathar's men. Do any of you do anything at this moment? I am furiously writing word for ver- word verbatim what's going on. This is a developing story. I begin carving my name in the seat next to me. I'm waiting for uh, Celeste to give me the, the okay to do my due diligence and protect these people. The, the three new people against Jagger? They've been nothing but nice to me. The thug continues on. Yeah, we're here to go ahead and return the favor. Provide you also a reminder. You know, no one steals from the Xanathar. You see his mates kind of stand up and go ahead and 
stretch a bit, intimidatingly. Yager stands up. I didn't take shit, but that's if you way you want it. That's the way we can go ahead and do it. And at this point, we can go ahead and roll some initiative. <laughs> First 20 of the game. Nice. nice. First natural 20 in the game. Got a natty one. Oh no. Badness you don't know what to do. All things. Oh, I have a plus zero initiative. That's great. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Let's go ahead and get this initiative counter going. 